The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. Thank you for listening with us today. I'm very glad that you have joined us. Thank you so much for liking us on the Spirit of Recovery Facebook page and for commenting. And thank you so much also for sending me emails and letting me know how it's going for you in your spirituality and recovery walk. Your participation here with us on Spirit of Recovery is welcome and very enjoyable, and it's a part of that way that we stay connected. I want to thank you also for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community, your unity community, your other uh, spiritual communities, your family, your friends, know about us here on Spirit of Recovery. It's great to be broadcasting on the topic of spirituality and recovery right here on unityonlineradio.org. And uh, it's just great to hear from you and to know that the guests that we're bringing you are making a difference for you, that they're touching your heart, opening your mind, bringing you some new information, broadening your concept of what recovery is and what spirituality is. Every week we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community with guests who are down to earth, knowledgeable and innovative, people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people or are engaged in recovery practices, behaviors, um, points of view, ways of thinking that are good for all people and uh, really support those in recovery. And we'll be talking about that today as we're talking about the spirituality of connection and how important that is for people in recovery. We're bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. You know that you can listen to the Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can listen live via your computer, via your smart device. You can go to Stitcher.com and download their app and search for Spirit of Recovery. You can also listen on demand. We've got lots of great archives. Just go to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash Spirit of Recovery and you'll find lots of great topics and lots of great guests that you can listen to at your leisure on your own timeline. I want you to know also that if you are moved by the programs that you hear here on unityonlineradio.org, by Spirit of Recovery, by any and the many other great programs about spirituality, you can support this financially. Unityonlineradio.org is a nonprofit organization, and your financial gifts do make a difference. So if you would like to make a one-time gift or a recurring contribution, you can do that through your smart device. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727, and your gifts are much appreciated. 
I want you to know that Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place. If you are a person in recovery from any kind of addiction or if you're the family member or friend of someone um, who has the disease of substance addiction or behavioral addiction or process addiction as it is sometimes known today, perhaps you're a family member or friend that's in your own uh, recovery process as a family member or friend, whether you or your loved ones or your friends are or are not in recovery, you are welcome here. Maybe you're just curious, interested in the process of recovery, and you want to learn more, glad you're here, and you're welcome to participate. You can call in, or you can email in and ask a question or make a comment for the guest on the topic of the day. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I am your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a unity minister and also an addictions counselor. Also, I am a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that have the disease of addiction. And 34 years ago, those relationships were a catalyst that got me on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development as a friend and family member. And ever since then, my walk um, has continued to be an integration of unity principles and recovery principles. And that keeps transforming my life and keeps me growing in deeper ways. I am delighted and grateful to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you and to bring you great guests and to hear what you're experiencing in your spirituality and recovery walk. Today, as always, I've got a great program for you. Our topic today is the spirituality of connection. You know, addiction is a disease of disconnection. Uh, whether you're a person with the primary substance addiction or process addiction or whether you're a family member or friend, you know what happens in the throes of the disease of addiction is people get disconnected, get disconnected from themselves, from a spiritual values, um, and from other people. And uh, so a big cornerstone, a foundation of recovery is reestablishing or establishing maybe for the first time authentic life-giving connections with self, with higher power, and with other people. And uh, it's such a gift in recovery to realize that when we extend ourselves to other people, it opens the channels for immense good to come to us. Connection's always a two-way street, and as we give, so we receive. Um, Today we're going to be talking about that spirituality of connection, about what it is, about why it's so important, and some real specific ways that my guest today uh, is participating in that spirituality of connection in big, big ways, and he's going to be sharing that with us. My guest is Roger Temme. He has a Master's of Divinity, and he is the Outreach Director for the Care Communities in Austin, Texas. The Care Communities um, is a nonprofit organization that creates volunteer teams that help people that are facing HIV, AIDS, or cancer alone, people that don't have a support network. And um, you, that's important for people in recovery to think about in a couple of ways. One, because of the work that Roger does, he knows very intimately how it is that connecting with people, being of service, stepping outside of yourself to give some good to other people, to, to support people that are in a situation where they really need that care and support, makes a big difference in a person's life. And again, that's a foundation in recovery is to be of service, to make a connection. Another way that the work that Roger does uh, is important for the recovery community and for us to understand is um, in situations where people have um, severe physical illness, not certainly in every case, but in a significant number of those cases, there may also be addiction involved. It may either be active addiction or it may be somebody that's in recovery, they're struggling to stay in recovery while they're physically ill and while they're trying to cope with a, a very severe physical illness. And so that's something that Roger sees. We know that um, recovery is best when you have a good support network. So for somebody that's physically ill and they're also trying to get in recovery or, or they're in recovery trying to stay in recovery, it can make such a difference that they can get a care team, that they can get some people that can really support them. Roger is a former member of a Catholic religious community, and for many years he was a priest, and so he has a lot of depth of rich spirituality, and he's going to be sharing with us today about that and about the work that the caring communities do. You can uh, find more about the care communities. Go to thecarecommunities.org, and you can find a lot about them. 
So, Roger, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. Thank you, Reverend Anna. It's really a great pleasure to be with you in, in the recovery community. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Um, tell us a little bit about um, what it's like for somebody that may be facing HIV, AIDS, and or cancer when they don't have uh, a family around them or they don't have a support network. What's life like think, for them? I think the best way to begin answering that question is to kind of show how we started as an agency. Uh, actually, we're going to be 25 years old next year, and we're looking forward to this anniversary because for the last 24 years, we have been fortunate to be present and available to people who are living with HIV, AIDS, or cancer. We actually started uh, primarily in the years before medication was available for people with HIV, AIDS. They were told by their doctors, you have a few months to live, uh, get your affairs in order, and get ready to die. Uh, and many, of course, heard that, and it was just a, a shock in their system. The added piece was that many of them went to their families to share this news with them, and in a lot of cases, not all. Mm-hmm. Okay, do you have... Okay, we've got you back. I think we had a technical glitch there and dropped your, dropped the call for a minute, but you're back. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about right. that. That's okay. Anyway, so we so we they were living they were living alone, dying alone actually, and fortunately there were people in the faith community who began to step up, said, "What can we do so that you don't die alone and that you know you're loved and cared for?" And they helped them to get their affairs in order, put their wills together, went with them to the funeral homes, cemeteries, did all of those things out of love, and people, when they did finally die, they were surrounded by this group of people who at first were strangers, but then made a connection, a very special connection, and then they they knew that they were not alone when they finally died. That's how we started, Uh, and I think that to me is very significant in in the way we do this. I've been working in the pleasure of working at the care communities for about 16 and a half years now, and one of the things that when I first started, the first day I walked in the office, and I saw a piece of paper on the bulletin board that was from one of my favorite spiritual authors, Henry Nowen. It said this, and this became my my own uh, message, my own mission statement, and I think in time became the mission statement of the care communities, and this is what he wrote. Every human being has a great yet often unknown gift to care, to be compassionate, to become present to the other, to listen, to hear, and to receive. If that gift were set free and made available, miracles could take place. What I have seen over these last 24 years are those miracles taking place, where people, strangers, have stepped up. I've invited many people over the years to come and join us, to become part of this volunteer family, this community of care and kindness. And the miracles that have taken place are the people who are are ill and who are going through this alone, often dying alone, rejected by many people who had loved them in their life up to this point. We're now meeting these new people, these new friends, this new community, and we're finding themselves loved unconditionally by this group of strangers who became quick friends and began to provide some unconditional care through what we call a care team support. Mm-hmm. That's just uh, really touching because it does make so much difference you know to in what you're saying how what a different atmosphere it is to have people that are caring about you and it i'm I'm guessing that it really helps those people that are experiencing the illness to have a different understanding of their self-worth what have you seen happen with that i think when when they have come to us they've come to us in with in many stages some feeling hopeless some feeling helpless some feeling like why bother? You know, there's nothing to go on for. I'm going to die. So, so many times they came to us with this, this 
frame of mind and this heart that was feeling some ways heartless. Uh, and I think when they came to us, we were able to match them with strangers uh, who became friends. But I think even in, in the course of the beginning, and we always tell people at our training the volunteers to be, you know, it may at the beginning be awkward, like any friendship when it first starts. You kind of talk about all those things that you feel comfortable talking about, and then uh, there is often the silence, maybe the awkward silence. And then be people somehow begin to say the things that, that start this connection and keep it going. And in many cases, for many of the people we've cared for, we have a, a client right now who's been having a care team for about 17 or 18 years and has known all through this time, though in the better days, in the worst days that he's, that he's experienced, he has known most of all that he's loved. And these people will not walk away from him, will not abandon him. Uh, and I think that's, that's the piece that is the hopeful part, is that unlike some of the family who walked away or pushed people away, this group of people, they're not going to do that. They're going to be there and they're going to care. And then, of course, there's, there is, of course, the range of the up and downs you know, from day to day when people are, are going through the illness, going through medication. They have some great days, some terrible days, some uh, uplifting days, some down days. Uh, fortunately, and while we, we're not training professional counselors or professional listeners, you know, we're training people, simple people, who just care a lot and want to be able to care a lot and be of service to, to people uh, in whatever way they can be. They're the ones who keep stepping up and who keep staying there. And that's the thing we, we tell the volunteers, just keep showing up, just keep being there. Uh, whether you say the right thing or the wrong thing, and certainly at some times you're going to say the wrong thing, uh, but just know that you know, forgiveness is there and you move along and you keep caring and, and keep providing. Uh, so we've had clients who have come to us with all sorts of uh, ways of feeling at the time, some who when they hear we're going to provide a, a volunteer family, which oftentimes is anywhere from three to six people, they they oftentimes are wondering, oh, I don't know if I want that many people coming into my home. Because many of the people we care for, besides living with the illness, besides going through some of them going through a recovery themselves, many of them are, are living with, with little financially. And they're trying <laughs> to make it from day to day, month to month, trying to struggle to pay the bills, provide if they're not living alone, to provide their families, realizing that while they're going through this illness, sometimes they they just can't. Um, I think and I, I shared this uh, at, at your church recently, the story of about a, a little boy called uh, Danny who had a great love for Curious George, loved life. He had several siblings, his parents. They were just, they had a good time until one day, thinking he had a bad cold, they took him to uh, doctors, found out he had a tumor that was affecting his breathing, and then was diagnosed with cancer. Um, their whole life did a tumble, and they were devastated, started using the resources to get him to the appointments that he needed to get through, uh, and finally were getting close to not knowing what to do, and then they met the care communities, uh, and then we provided them with a care team that came in and did some of the practical stuff that they needed to get done, grocery shopping, preparing some meals, taking Danny and the, and the others to their his medical appointments, and it turned things around. It made a difference. Uh, they were a people of faith, and they felt that the care communities was heaven sent. And we didn't argue with that that reality and felt that we were making a difference. And that's just one story of the many hundreds of people that we've cared for over these many years um, who came to us in a desperate time. But uh, fortunately, we were able to provide them with, with people who just loved and cared for them. That's just such a, a beautiful story and how much difference it does make for families and for people to know that they're not alone, that there are, you know, people there that'll reach out to them. It's time for our first break. And when we come back, we'll talk some more about the spirituality of connection. Stay with us. My guest, Roger Timmy, and I will be back in just a moment.
God is formless, jet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Have you ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central. 1 p.m. Eastern on Affirmative Prayer, activating the power of yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thanks for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, my name is Anna Schaus and I'm your host. And our topic today is the spirituality of connection. And we're talking about how important it is in recovery to establish life-giving connections. We all know that's a real part of recovery. And part of that is really being of service. My guest today is Roger Temme. He is the Outreach Director for the Care Communities in Austin, Texas, which is a nonprofit organization that creates volunteer teams to help those facing HIV, AIDS, or cancer alone. And um, often addiction can be a complicating factor in those situations. Sometimes um, people that have life-threatening illnesses also have the life-threatening illness of addiction. And there can be ways that those are intertwined. And, and so it's important that people get kid care because that helps people either get into recovery from addiction if they need to while they're also facing this other physical illness and also to get and addiction is a physical illness as well as many other things. And also it's important to, um, uh, and if people are already in recovery from addiction and they also have uh, another serious illness, that it's important for them to get care that helps to support them to stay in recovery and is so important. Also, the, the other flip side of this is that, as we know in recovery, it's important to find ways to be of service and to make connections. Great to do that, of course, within our recovery communities. That's number one. And also, often, um, as people progress in recovery, uh, we're called to give service in addition in other ways. So there's a, a lot of connections here, as uh, my guest Roger Timmy is sharing with us. Before I get back to my conversation with him, I'd invite you to join me in a brief meditation, a time of called the Serenity Minute, a moment to uh, share with me a constructive idea and to take just a moment in the silence. So I invite you to relax, to feel that peaceful presence of God or your higher power, whatever name you call it, that sense of presence and peace as you relax, being present within your body temple, feeling that relaxation moving from your crown of your head all the way through the trunk of your body, through your arms and hands, through your legs and feet. And as you relax, your mind relaxes. And the thoughts begin to drift to the edges of your awareness and you find that place 
where you feel quiet and where you do begin to experience consciously that connection with your spirit. And share with me this idea. I am a compassionate person. I am guided to a place of deep service. I am a compassionate person. And I am guided to a place of deep service. And now we take a moment in the quiet. Friends, for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And I trust that it was an opportunity for you to relax into the quiet, to make that conscious contact with your higher power, with that spirit that lives within you. And now I'm back to my conversation with my guest, Roger Temme. We're talking about the spirituality of connection. Again, Roger has been very active uh, for many years as the Outreach Director for the Care Communities. You can learn more about the Care Communities. Simply go to the Care Communities at .org, thecarecommunities.org, and you can learn about what that organization does. Also, Roger has a very rich background. He was a member of a Catholic religious community for 30 years and for almost 25 years served as a Catholic priest and has such a rich uh, experience and background in spirituality and service from that which he brings to his work. Um, and Roger also enjoys... Uh, his life, he enjoys walking, dancing, reading mystery novels, and the company of his friends and neighbors. I got that off your website. Pretty good, huh? But you could add karaoke to that also if you want. Oh, so good. All right. Karaoke. And, I, and I'm sure most people would not think of what song I would like particularly, but it happens to be Frank Sinatra's My Way. Ah. It's my signature okay. karaoke song. All right. Well, unfortunately, we won't. We don't have a karaoke machine here, but no, well, that's <laughs> another your, time. Yeah, no, that's very fortunate too. That's I don't fortunate. want to end your show too soon. So. Okay. No, that's good. That's good. I like it. Thank you for your my way, huh? All right. Yes. Good deal. I have a. Can I can I make a comment sure. about your your beautiful meditation? Sure. Um, I am a compassionate person. Person, I am guided to service. Uh, yesterday here in Austin, I had the pleasure of preaching at a church in Georgetown, and I was the, the whole topic was on compassion. Uh, and one of the things that I said, this is in relation to people who join us also as volunteers at the care communities, uh, is that you know sometimes people want to to I called it scratch the itch of compassion. You know that there's within each of us this real desire, this wanting to serve others. Um, and I know that uh, you know, I remember a time when I was standing around a table at a party one time having a drink and this, uh, other people were standing around. And I started talking about what the care communities does, and you know, people were listening well. Two years later, uh, I had a volunteer training, and at the training was this young man who happened to be standing around the table that day. And he said, you know, I loved what you said about what you do and the, and the care you provide for folks with cancer and HIV-AIDS. And he says, and I knew I couldn't do it that because then I was trying to get my master's degree. Well, I finished my master's degree. Here I am, and now I want to be of service. Um, And I told folks yesterday, I said, you know, we have this urge to do it. Like meditation says, we want to be guided to service, and oftentimes are. But for many different circumstances and reasons, we can't do it at that moment. Uh, but it's something that's within us to do, I think, each of us. And there is that itch to make a difference, to want to provide service. And I, and I mentioned yesterday, if you can't do it right away, be gentle with yourself. You know, don't, you know, don't push things, but gently come into it so that you know when it's the right time when you're able to do it. And when you can, that's when you'll be present, and that's when you will scratch that itch and it will it'll get served. And I, I think your meditation just kind of reminded me of that, that little piece. And that's what we invite, you know, people to come into joining us is to provide that kind of care. Some people can't do it at the time. Others, they come to the training, they want to do it, 
And after we've talked about, you know, what's, what's involved, which is simply, uh, and we tell people, you're not doing anything different from this person that you wouldn't do for somebody that you love, a family member or a friend, spouse, partner, whomever, you know, when they're ill. You, you want to be there and you want to do for them, and that's what we're asking you to do. The only difference is we're doing it as a community of people. Uh, when we took the name The Care Communities, um, that was why we took it, because we saw each care team, each volunteer family, as a small uh, care, caring community of people who were going to be available to people who were seriously ill. That, for us, is the model that we want to use, uh, that it's a group of people doing it, not just us as individuals doing it, but us as a group of people, caring community, who does that together. And that's where people oftentimes, uh, when they hear that and they realize that somebody's seriously ill and maybe they've never had the experience with somebody with HIV or cancer or anybody who's seriously ill or even the possibility of that person might die, you know, that they're, they're anxious and they're nervous. And I, I try to just hear that uh, but also say, you know, maybe you just want to step out, step out in faith, step out in taking an opportunity that's there. Uh, maybe it's going to get you out of your comfort zone. And, and it does. And people will come back to us time later saying, you know, I'm really just delighted and grateful that you kept encouraging me to do this because I did, I did stretch myself. I got out of my comfort zone. I began to make this, this difference. But not only did it make a difference in the life of the person I cared for, uh, I've been changed. You know, I've been opened up. I feel refreshed and renewed and like I have a new attitude and new way of looking at things. Um, and that, that to me has been a really the blessing and the gift of much of this is that people are willing to step out not knowing what that means, you know, that they're kind of walking out blindly in some level, but still willing to, to, to try to make the difference and to be that, that compassionate person that they already are. Right. And tell us a little bit about what kinds of things that the care team does, because it's not like you're not asking them to be professional counselors or medical personnel. What, what right. are some of the, the things that, that they do, that the care teams do, and what, how much time do they spend with their right. client? Good questions. Those are the ones that people always ask me, too, and they, those are the ones they want to know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, the time. We ask about five hours a month, uh, which when I say that, people are kind of, startled because they'll come to me later and say, did you say five hours a month or five hours a week or five, uh, five hours a day? And I said, no, it's five hours a month. And I said, again, it's a, it's a team of people. So if you're giving five hours and the other three or four or five people on the team are giving four or five hours, the client is getting the benefit of all of that. Uh, so in terms of what they do, it really is, uh, I mean, we call it practical and emotional support. The practical support could be things like running errands for them. It could be getting them to their medical appointments. Uh, it could be preparing a meal occasionally for them. Uh, it could be if they're living at home, which many of them are. It could be cleaning the house a little bit, um, doing some yard work. Uh, I know many volunteers love when I, when I say that because they like working outside. And so many of them make the, the, care, the, the clients Homes around the home look very beautiful because of that in the landscaping. Uh, companionship becomes a big thing. Uh, that is just simply being with the person. Uh, we have a time during the training that we talk about just the, the listening part, the listening presence. You know, and it doesn't mean, again, professional. It means simply a good ear, a good heart, a willingness to do it. Um, and oftentimes that becomes for, for many of our clients, especially those who live alone uh, and who have no family or friends nearby, that becomes the critical piece because now they know that there's somebody who's truly listening to them and caring about them. And so, so we say, you know, just be respectful. Uh, you know, don't, you're not there to give advice. You're not there to take over their life. You're not there to tell them how to live it. You're simply there to support them. To, to be a, 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 an anchor in their life, that when they have some troubled days, they, they know that you are still loving on them. And that's one of the, one of the expressions that one of our clients uses. Uh, she says, my care team just loves on me. Uh, mm-hmm. And I love that because that, 
that's finally what it's all about. It's simply loving the persons that they're, that they're caring for and loving unconditionally. Um, and that, so those are some of the, some of the things and some of the, the time frame that we ask from each of our volunteers. Mm-hmm. What are some more of the things that happen for those that are uh, giving the care, people that are part of the care team? Do you notice anything from, uh, from a, a spiritual point of view? Do they share with you? Do you see anything happening for the caregivers um, spiritually? I think what, you know, we have, uh, as you reminded me during the break, we have a set of core beliefs that we, we put together several years ago. And these are something we share with, with, with volunteers. Uh, and basically, it's, it's reminding people that the person we're caring for, as well as those who are caring for them, the volunteers, each have an inherent worth. They have a dignity that is just theirs because of whom they are and because they are beloved by God, their higher power, however God is named for them. Uh, that, that's uh, how they're, they're seen as people of worth and dignity. Um, many of our volunteers, most of, actually most of our volunteers, come out of the faith community. So when they're stepping in to do this, they're coming out of their, their feeling called to service. Um, but the fear that many of them will express is, I might grow close, I might get attached, you know, I might just get to know them too well, and then what happens if they die? How am I going to deal with that? Um, and that's some of the, of the the concerns that they have. But again, when when we try to give them some support, some guide guidelines around that, and when we do, and they move into that, they will come back to us and say, you know, um, this is just this has enriched my own spiritual journey. You know, I uh, I don't know if I'm making a difference in the life of the client, but they're making a difference in my life. Because for many of them, they're healthy, you know, they're 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 living okay. They they may not be wealthy, but they're financially they're they're doing okay. Uh, and then they see this person who's struggling physically, struggling financially, struggling emotionally, struggling spiritually. Um, and to be part of that, and to be as many of them will say, I feel privileged, you know, a real privilege to be able to be part of this this journey with them. Uh, it impacts their life. You know, it, it gets them closer uh, to the God of their or their understanding, uh, whatever that may mean at, at that point in their life. Um, but we see so many times people, because they have been willing to do this and step out in faith, that it's, it's really uh, enriched their own journey. And in some ways, they feel like they've become more caring, more compassionate, more understanding, better listeners. Um, and better receivers of the gifts that they already have and being thankful and grateful for the blessings in their life. Um, and it, it's a, and the beauty of this is in our logo, which of course you can't see on the radio, but in our logo we have hands. Uh, and the hands are in a way that they're meant both to give to someone but also to receive from someone. That, that is the, the whole purpose of, uh, of our hand is that you're giving, but you're also receiving back. Um, and you can't measure who, who, who benefits more. That isn't, that isn't the issue. It's the fact that we're both giving and receiving from this experience. Um, and we as a, as a staff, in, in our, we see ourselves, as we often call ourselves, the care team or the care teams for those who are caring for our, our, our uh, clients. Uh, and we want to be there. You know, especially when, when one of our, our clients dies, we try to gather the care team together uh, and just to remember to have a little time to, to go through the person's life to just express their own, their own grief and loss at this point. And some of them have some really profound grief because they have allowed themselves to get close to this person and to, to let them impact their life. Um, and so we, we get them together. We we bring them together for that purpose. If there is a funeral or memorial service, then they're encouraged uh, if they are able to go to it. We also, as a staff, uh, while this may seem like a simple thing, it, it also can make a big difference. Is we all write sympathy cards to each of the care team members who have lost one of our, cli- our clients. Mm-hmm. And it, for us to express to them, first of all, how sad we are for them at this loss, 
and how grateful we are. And this is often what I say to our volunteers. Thank you for being a gift to your care, your clients, your care partners. We call our clients care partners. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for being a gift to them. Uh, and so that's that's sort of some of the beautiful miracles, as I referred to in Henry Nowen's uh, little piece, that have taken place over the years and, and in people's lives. That's wonderful. Thank you. It's it's time for our second break. Um, my guest today is Roger Temme. He is the Outreach Director for the Care Communities in Austin, Texas, which, as you can hear, is doing a wonderful work and really uh, in the depth about that spirituality of connection. Stay with us. We'll be right back here on Spirit of Recovery. When you truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting. No more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you're ready for Everyday Attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Reverend Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. And now, here's Anna. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, my name is Anna Schaus. I'm your host. My guest today is Roger Temme, who is the Outreach Director for the Care Communities in Austin, Texas, a nonprofit that creates volunteer teams to help those facing HIV, AIDS, or cancer alone. And we're talking about the spirituality of connection. And, you know, Roger, as you're talking, um, and I, I'm guessing that the listeners are hearing this too, everything you're saying is so parallel to what happens in recovery from the disease of alcoholism or addiction or as a family member recovering from the family uh, disease aspect of that, the enabling or the focusing on that person with addiction. Everything you're saying is so parallel. It's a disease that people can be ashamed of or afraid of. Um, They have to make connections. They need support. Um, It's so parallel. So how do you see that? that? Yeah, yeah. How do you see uh, what you're doing as uh, similar or not to the recovery process from the disease of addiction and the family aspect of that disease? Well, when I was I was sharing this story with you during the break, uh, Reverend Anna, I thought I would share it with uh, just to kind of give people my understanding of the whole recovery. Um, several years ago, I was director of campus ministry here at St. Edwards University in, here in Austin. I was a priest at that point. And one of the things, we had a noon, noon mass every day, which went on for like half an hour each day. And it basically was, you know, some readings from Scripture, communion, um, a little singing, uh, some praying. 
Uh, one day, one of the students who I got to know pretty well and discovered was in, also uh, in recovery, he invited me to go to a, an AA meeting with him. I had never been to one at that point in my journey. Uh, so I went. It was over at the UT campus, and it was at noon also. Um, I walked in there, sat down, and immediately got enraptured by what I was experiencing um, to find this, this you know, praying the beautiful serenity prayer, which, in fact, I pray every morning uh, just because it's such a beautiful prayer and it fits all of us. Um, you know, the, the sharing that went on with the folks there and the trust and the, the openness, the realization that what people shared there was so sacred and so important. It was so much like a communion that people experienced with each other. Um, and then just the, you know, the gift that they were to each other and the way they, they were treating each other with great respect and with dignity. Uh, I went back to St. Ed's, and the next time I celebrated noon Mass at the chapel, I, I talked about that experience. And I said, you know, and I, and I don't mean to demean the Mass that we celebrate today. I says, but I, I found such a, a communion that we, we, we have not been able to touch into in this, in this kind of setting, but just to listen to it in that setting and hear people interacting with each other and respecting and being sacred to each other and respectful of each other. I said this truly was, as I understand, what the Mass is meant to be. It's what that, that 12-step meeting was all about. And since then, I've been to a, uh, many of them over the years with, with friends and others. And, and just to, you know, when going through my own experiences of needing to, to be renewed, be refreshed, I have always found it to be a, a spiritual uplift that has renewed me in, in, in so many ways. And I think that's, you know, we've had some of our own uh, clients who have, who are in recovery, who are going through this also. So the added piece is also to, you know, to, to bring that into the, into the situation. And we've also had some volunteers who have come from, to us from this, this place uh, and, the, and the wonderful experiences that they have been able to just by their unconditional loving. And in, in a sense, bringing the beauty of this 12-step experience into the relationship with the person that they're caring for uh, again, uh, I can't say the word miracle enough, but it certainly has been a, a refreshing way to to approach uh, a person and to, to be able to care for them. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, I, I think it's true that in the recovery community, there's a, a sense of... Uh, what brought people into those rooms was the the shared danger and the at some level the understanding whether family member or person with the with a primary substance or process addiction that uh, death was in the cards if if you kept going the way you're going um it's not going to be good there's going to be some real stress or, and or some literal end to one's physical life um and and so it's that shared vulnerability that shared brush with death um, that opens people up, that cracks that heart open and uh, yeah, says, boy, even, we need each other. Of, even mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, from day to day, you know, some, having been to a few meetings in a row, you know, one day somebody comes in who's still celebrating an anniversary of recovery. Uh, somebody else comes in next day and just admits honestly that they have they have broken recovery and, you know, they've, they've given in to whatever it was that they were struggling with or whatever the addiction was. Mm-hmm. And I and I guess what I see also in the parallel with what we do and what our experience with care teams and the clients who are living with HIV AIDS is, you know, some days are just doing so well and everything's moving along pretty smoothly uh, and they, they kind of have some grasp on this illness that seems so um, out of their grasp many of the times. And then other days they're, you know, they're, they're having a, a challenging time. And we've had volunteers who will call us and say, you know, they snapped at me today or they or they, they said some things which they apologized for, but you know, they uh, you know, just saw that they, their days are are like roller coasters, up and down, feeling good, feeling bad. And the the reality of the medication that that, you know, some side effects that happen there. So I, I, I really, you know, as you, as we talk, I see the as you say, the connection with the recovery community, I see the connection also with the with the care communities, the kind of 
support that we're providing for people, you know, whatever it is they're going through or whatever it is they're experiencing. Um, but it's a day-to-day getting up in the morning, you know, thanking the, the higher power for this new day and, and not taking any days for granted, realizing that each day is a gift. And some days don't feel very much like a gift. Some days feel overwhelmingly like a gift. Um, but, you know, again, reminding ourselves that, that we are loved unconditionally. One of the other pieces in our, our core beliefs is that, you know, we care for each other in a, in a really unconditional, loving, caring way. And that's not always easy. Uh, just, you know, the the experience of the, uh, the client I mentioned, the experience of the volunteer is, you know, they're also living their life, you know, and things are not always going well with them. They're having a hard day, whether it's work or relationships that are, that are confusing or even broken, you know, and, and they come to the, the home of the client with that piece of it also that, you know, that things didn't go so well today. Uh, so the beauty is if, if people keep being open to the other, you know, that we can serve each other and make a difference in each other's life. And, uh, and it can be a real, real, real help. Uh, so that's why I love that we are the care communities. And I think the truth is the 12-step programs are care communities. Recovery is, is a care mm-hmm. community. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's all pretty much, you know, we're looking at this in some ways and in so many ways in the same way. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, what you're saying about uh, the folks that you're working with and, and also people in recovery is that it gets us past that um, looking good thing and, man, I got to achieve all this stuff on the outer and it gets us down to what's really going on, which is what's happening in the heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people, our volunteers, can see it visibly in the home of many of our, our clients. You know, because, like I said, many of them are living below the poverty line. Mm-hmm. They don't have what, what we have traditionally called beautiful homes, although for them it's, it's their home, so it's beautiful. Uh, one of their fears is oftentimes when they, when they want to take us and, and get a care team for them is that they're afraid that our volunteers are going to make fun of what they see, judge it, try to say, I can, I can fix this up and make it look really beautiful. Uh, but the reality is that this is their home. It is what it is. That's what they, they, they can have at this point in their journey. So our rem- reminder to the volunteers is just accept people where they are and, and realize that that's where they are in their life. And we will tell folks that that's hard to do. If you can't do that, then you know, maybe this is not the thing that you, that you need to be doing. There may be another way that you can become compassionate and, and follow that particular uh, way of showing compassion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Boy, that's, you know, I, I think that uh, what you're talking about, that acceptance of others, um, and and I think ultimately leads to acceptance of self, and that is the route to our spiritual lives, or certainly one of the big superhighways anyway, yeah. probably others, but... So, Roger, um, not everybody lives in Austin, unfortunately, this wonderful place. So, um, Why we, not? Why not? Yes, yeah, really. Well, a lot here. of people are moving here, but <laughs> me included. But anyway, so if a person doesn't happen to live in Austin, where are you a national organization, or, or could they find other things like this in their communities if they were interested, if our listeners would maybe be interested? Here's, here's a thought like I have, and okay. I like to say this. Uh, we are not national. We are not national. We are well, pretty much within this local central Texas area. Uh, we've never gotten big enough to grow beyond that. There are, however, uh, in some communities. I know in Houston they have, in Dallas, and I'm, I can only speak of Texas right now. But there are some other cities in, in this area that have similar things. They're not called the care communities, but they do provide volunteer care teams. But here's one of my challenges to the audience. Uh, if you're living in an area where it doesn't exist, uh, why not start it? It's very simple. You know, I, I, I'm overwhelmed when I get up to talk about how simple what we do is and, and how simple and beautiful we can be with each other. All it is is you, you want to get a few folks together, three, four, five, or six people. You, you have a friend possibly who has cancer or HIV AIDS. You want to make a difference to them. 
start doing it. Maybe get connected to either a faith community or a nonprofit that has something around it, but but could be persuaded to maybe add that to their their program uh, and make it happen. If they belong to a faith community, often what I say is you start it there. You know, find out if there's somebody in the in the community who who has that need, and it doesn't have to be the tool. This is we work with. You can of course do it with anyone, uh, and just start providing some support and care. One of, the, one of the beauties we have also on staff is we have two social workers, professional master-level social workers, who are able to be there, and, and they're the ones who are the first point of contact for our clients when they, when they find us. <clears throat> and they will go out and, and find out what their need is, what we do, and kind of match those wonderful things together. <clears throat> then we have a couple of volunteer managers who, who actually do the matching. My, my job, happily, is to go out and find the volunteers and then train them. <clears throat> so I would say if you don't have something, my challenge is start one, get it going. Uh, All right. How's that Thank sound? you. That sounds great. <laughs> Thank you so much, Roger. And again, if uh, people can, our audience here can look up on the care, C-A-R-E, communities.org, just the way it sounds, and you can right. see that model. Um Roger, thank you so much for being with us. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, ahead. if they happen to find that and they send me the email, just say, you know, I heard you on the radio, you know, that I maybe I can give some, some tips on how to start something up if they wanted to do it. But I really appreciate the opportunity, Reverend Anna. It's been wonderful spending the hour with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You have touched my heart, and I know the heart of all that are listening. And so many blessings to you and the care communities. Blessings to all of you who are listening. Have a beautiful, love-filled week, and we'll be back next week on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Have you ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central. 1 p.m. Eastern on Affirmative Prayer, activating the power of yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential, tune in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, 
and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.